0: Hello and welcome, everybody, into another edition of the PHNX Sons podcast brought to you by our friends over at DraftKings. Use that code PHNX, bet $1 on any football game this weekend, get $150 instantly to bet where you see fit i'm your host greg esposito ahoy hoy joining me as always is gerald bourguet gerald how are you i'm doing great espo how are you i'm good and the emmy award winning Lindsay smith Lindsay,
1: hey what's going on guys
0: hey nothing much you'll notice that there's only three of us today and uh I'd love to tell you that Saul Bookman's on some special assignment, but i uh, he's just having to do work, actual work at PHNX as our general manager as well. Sometimes duty calls, and today was one of those, those days, so Saul will join us again, hopefully tomorrow for our, another audio-only edition of the show. If things sound a little different, well, that's because I'm coming to you live from a closet in my home. I am not in the palatial PHNX studios uh my uh, i i am working from home due to my daughter being ill so if guys if i just not if i wind up not saying anything for like a five minute stretch just uh dial nine i've lost oxygen in this closet <laughs> that i'm uh, recording from
2: I like how duty calls for Saul, and meanwhile we got Espo recording from a closet. There's a big gap there. (laughs)
0: Well, when you're when your kids not adding up. (laughs) Sometimes when your kids sick, a different kind of duty calls, and that's just not. It's just as little fun as the kind that Saul's handling (laughs) as well. So uh, yeah, I love your concern though. You guys weren't concerned that I said I may lose oxygen. (laughs) You know, Greg doesn't seem like he's working while Saul's busting his ass. No, it was
1: the It was the off. we were we were busting Saul's chop saying he's not really working, and he's got you in a closet called heavy lifting.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Well. I I'll i believe that you meant it that way since <laughs> since you said so. I, you know, today is a mailbag only edition of the show. If you're part of our Discord or you follow us on Twitter at phnx underscore sons, you get the opportunity to ask us questions. But before I reach into the mailbag and and pull out what some of our fans want to know, I want to bring up a question that that stems from the Coyotes show that I need I, I, a couple of them. Uh, our friends over there, Craig Morgan, Leah, Steve Peters, uh, they uh, they have asked on the program, "How do you eat your hot dog? What kind of condiments do you have on that?" And I I, I want to start there. What's what's the hot dog condiment of choice for you, Gerald?
2: Uh, I'm gonna lose a lot of followers for this from the Chicago area, but I go ketchup only. Honestly, <laughs> like I'm very simple. I'm basic. If if I can wrap bacon around it and then do ketchup, that's ideal. But if I just add a ball game, getting a hot dog, it's just ketchup for me. You were one of those kids. So that Gerald eat- is
1: six. <laughs> well, that's
0: what I was just- <laughs> you were one of those kids that would, would only eat the hot dog with like the cheese injected in the center of it too, right? I'm, I'm guessing you were that uh, kind of kid.
2: My my parents did try to feed me those and I ate them for a while and then I ate too many of them and got sick and I never touched them ever again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. That story checks out. That sounds about right. <laughs> so, Lindsay, Gerald has shared the fact that he has gone back to elementary school when it comes to his <laughs> hot dog preferences. How, how do you eat your hot dog? What condiments are necessary for you to eat a hot dog?
1: Well, first of all, if I'm having a hot dog, I'm having a Sonoran hot dog. Um, okay. Because that's like, the only legitimate way to really enjoy a hot dog but if it's just like basic bun and a hot dog I'm at least putting ketchup mustard and relish on it okay. that's
0: fair I mean that's that's adultish I'll, I'll allow it uh, <laughs> you. Know, for, for me, I don't know if you guys saw this study a couple of, I guess it was about a month ago now, that they said for every hot dog you consume, you take 36 minutes off your own life. First oh, off, God. I don't know how they figured that out because, like, did they force feed subjects hot dogs for the entirety of their lifespan and then do the math? And how, how much of a control group would you need to figure that out? But, again, that's not going to stop me from eating hot dogs at this right, point.
1: Right, like... 36 minutes. Okay, but <laughs> what am I missing out on at the end anyway, you know what well, I mean? Well, yeah, and, how, and
2: how is Joey Chestnut still alive? He should exactly. be dead by now, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. If Joey Chestnut
0: ain't dead, I uh, you know, unless I don't I don't know what they do post hot dog eating contest. Maybe it's you have to actually digest said hot dogs to lose that time off your life, but I'm doing far worse. To, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm drinking all sorts of Coke zeros and, and things, I'm sure that's much worse than eating a hot dog every once in a while. Uh, I, I go full Chicago style on mine. I'm a uh, Portillo's guy. That is not a uh, an ad. We have no deal with any Chicago style hot dog people. But if you want to, uh, slide in the DMs. I'm, I'm here for all hot dog related uh, uh advertising offers that almost went sideways. I'm glad I cleared up <laughs> only advertising offers with that. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm big on that. One other thing that came and, and we will get into son's questions, but Lindsay, before the show said, I like fun questions. So I said, I'm going to come up with some fun questions before we start here. Another one that came up on the, uh, on the coyote show, uh, Leah is Canadian. Uh, and, and in hockey, there's, there's some weird terms. They talk, they're talking about, Donuts, you know the tiny ones, the round ones. Timbits. You know, so, so is that what you refer to them to as,
1: as? Well, in Canada, from Tim Hortons, I'm pretty sure they're called Timbits.
0: That is, but true. yeah, they're
1: basically little donut holes.
0: Okay, so you call them holes. What do you call them, Gerald? Yeah, I call them donut holes. Okay. I'm there with you. Now, apparently, uh, I don't know if it's Steve or Craig on that show calls them balls. Uh, Leah calls them bit, <laughs> Timbits. Uh, and, and the other one is, says they're donut holes. Uh, I, it's the weirdest, most bizarre debate, but they have it continually with that show. So I just needed to make sure that we were all uh, in unity and, and in agreement that they are donut holes. Because Who,
1: who said they're balls? I, I, I think it's Craig says donut balls. I'm gonna have to have a conversation with Craig. I've Where he that got before. that from is beyond me. I've never heard that one before either. Timbits, I can understand if you're a Canadian because Tim Hortons is basically like your Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, Dutch Bros combined. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it makes sense you would call them Timbits, but like they're donut holes. Oh, I could even
0: understand somebody calling them Munchkins if you go to if you go to Dunkin' oh. Donuts.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that too. A
0: brand, it's a brand name. Like Timbits is a brand name, but donut balls, like what? They're donut basketballs. Like I don't. What are you? I I don't know. I just I found I found that whole debate interesting and wanted to wanted to see where where you guys all kind of uh, kind of landed on that. Uh, so uh, you know, all right. there's there's no weird manscape ad that I'm leading to in this or anything. <laughs> I promise you. God. All right. I, I have a question
1: for, for you guys.
0: Yes. Uh-huh.
1: This has always been a question of mine that I'm very passionate about. Do you eat mac and cheese with a spoon or a fork? I need to know who I'm working with here, to be quite honest.
2: It kind of depends. Yeah, wrong answer. It it depends. Like I'll I'll usually do a fork, though.
1: Okay,
0: that's the right answer. I'm usually a fork guy too. But if it's like a homemade with you know, if we're talking craft mac and cheese, it's always a fork. There's no there's no offender butts. But if it's one of those homemade with like the the crust on top with the with the you know. Breadcrumbs and stuff, you you need a fork almost to get in there and scoop. Yeah. It's just it, that that's a scoop thing. But craft mac and cheese or anything that's coming out of a box, it's fork one hundred percent.
1: All right, good. Well, I'm team fork all the time
0: so for kids yeah. yeah that
1: <laughs> that
0: clip won't come back to haunt you at any point no, I know. Uh, well you know
1: let's, let's get into
0: some basketball questions before we all find ourselves in uh, in trouble here we're going to go to discord as ck3 in our discord group wants to know any chance the sun's bringing a true power forward or another big or is jalen smith getting those minutes
2: yeah, so I mean, I I feel like we got this update from Flex on Monday show, um, in terms of what the latest with Thad Young is. That would be a guy who could be that kind of true power power forward, even though he played mostly center last year. We've talked about him at length, um, and the Suns are just kind of waiting on the Spurs to make up their minds, according to Flex, as far as whether they'll be willing to accept the Suns' offer or if they're going to hold out for a first round pick, they're kind of scouring the rest of the league. Um, So yeah, I I feel like that would be the guy to circle. If you're looking for someone to come in and take those Jalen Smith minutes, but I am interested to hear what your guys' thoughts would be on whether Jalen Smith does get minutes. If that trade doesn't happen to come about.
0: Well, I I feel like they're going to have to give him minutes if that trade doesn't come about because you do have a, a glaring hole there uh, in part because of Dario Saric, uh, his injury and being out for what will likely amount to the full season. Uh, and so you're going to have to find minutes somewhere. And Jalen Smith seems like the logical answer. It's just, I don't, I feel like he's a not ready for primetime player. I was not, yeah. I, I know he played okay in summer league. He was a first team Uh, summer league guy, but I was, I I felt underwhelmed. And when you underwhelm in summer league, the biggest overhype machine in sports, uh, that's concerning to me. So I don't know that he is the right answer uh, because the Suns just aren't in that development phase anymore.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would like to see him get some minutes this year, of course, to help in the development process of him, but I don't know that I would put him in for very many meaningful minutes. Um, like you said, he's, I just don't know that he's completely ready for that, especially with where this team is and the goals that they have this season specifically and in the near future. He's not one of those guys like a couple of years ago where you draft, you know, Dragon Bender, Marquise Chris, whomever else, and you just automatically toss them in there. This mm. team is built a little bit different so I don't really know.
0: You mean Lindsay's putting it politely? This team doesn't <laughs> suck, and that's why you're not like, and that's why you're not going to rely on uh, on a guy like Jalen Smith to play major minutes. I mean, we were we were in a time where Dragan Bender and Marquise Chris were starting, right? For this, mm-hmm. this franchise, like, it is a vastly different time. If I had to guess, uh, I think James Jones will address this prior to the beginning of the season and they may actually even fortify it more around the trade deadline i think he realizes that this is still one of the one of the pr- potential pressure points that a team could push on
1: mm-hmm. come uh,
0: come playoff time which which we saw happen with the big man depth in in, in the playoffs and in particular in the finals so i certainly think uh they're gonna address it and maybe multiple times this year.
2: Absolutely. And and I think it's important to note that if the Thad Young trade doesn't get done before the season starts, then there will be some pressure um on Jalen Smith to perform. Not because he's gonna have a big role, because obviously like you'd rather have Cam Johnson playing a small ball four there off the bench than Jalen Smith, in my opinion, but because they're gonna need him to like boost his trade value and, and log some minutes and to this point in his nba career he hasn't really shown us much so there will be some pressure on him to perform if he's not dealt before the season begins
1: definitely yeah. so
2: yeah i i enjoy i severely
0: enjoyed the people that were like put him in in the finals like you didn't trust him in the regular season. Why are you, why are you going to throw him in in the finals? This seems like this seems like the the reverse of what you should be doing. And you yeah, can, you can see there's obviously uh, with the Thad Young rumor. I know there was some talk if if Kevin Love bo- got bought out that Phoenix could be uh, a destination. Uh, although mm-hmm. my guess is the Lakers uh, and and their corpse collecting would probably make a call too. But uh, you know, it's obvious to me that. That James Jones just just wants to to do something there still even even if Jalen Smith is here, I, I think they still want to add a piece on that front. So it'll be interesting to see what the timing on that is. I think you could get away with you know a few months in the season with Jalen playing some spot minutes and, and and as you said, playing Cam some some backup four and and small ball four. I don't foresee that being an issue right away but it's something that you're going to have to address if a long playoff run is your goal which it obviously is now thanks to last season so sunders dunks in the discord wants to wants to know we all moved on from the final so quickly because we were traumatized But I'd like to hear about what team stats and player stats changed from the first two games to the last four games that resulted in the Suns losing the finals. What can be done to improve to win next time? Now, Gerald, this is your question as a resident (laughs) stat nerd, because Lindsey and I both went, we don't even know where we'd look this up. So, Gerald, (laughs) take the stage.
2: Yeah, so... To answer this question, there's multiple reasons, and it's kind of some of the numbers are pretty glaring, so I'll go through them as quick as I can so I don't bore anybody to tears with this stuff. But the points-off turnovers, second-chance points, and fast-break points, the gap between games one and two versus like three through six is incredible. So for those three categories, points-off turnovers, second-chance points, fast-break points, in the first two games, the Suns lost that combined battle by only one point, so it was 85-84 in favor of the Bucks. in games three through four, the Bucs won that battle 111 to 30. So the Suns lost that battle by 81 points over those two games. And then they lost the last two games by a total of nine points. So not as bad in the last two games, but overall games three through six, they lost the battle on those three categories by 90 points, which is like 22.5 points per game. So that's a huge difference in just hustle things um you know not turning the ball over the bucks getting out on the break and hitting the offensive glass so that was really huge um the ball also really stopped moving compared to the beginning um so in the first two games the suns were passing about 264 times a game that dropped by 11 over the last four games their assists dropped from 22 per game to 19 per game from the first two games to the last four um their p- potential assists dropped by 11 uh, and their assist points created dropped by 14. So, like, they weren't moving the ball as much. And in the postseason, just for reference, there were only five times that the Suns assisted on fewer than 50% of their made shots. And four of them happened in that series, and they lost three of those games. So, you know, credit the Bucks defense for kind of clamping down and making the Suns resort to a little bit more ISO ball. Um, but the Suns, they kind of lost what made them great on offense as far as moving the ball, getting everyone involved. Um, and, it, and it translated to the three-point shooting too because in the first two games, they were taking 37 threes a game and they shot about 42% on those. And then in the last four games, that dropped by about 13 attempts per game and they were only shooting 36%. So the Bucs really clamped down on their ball movement and on their three-point shooting and, and were better about limiting them from taking those attempts. Um, and then you can just look at minor things like Devin Booker's assist per game dropped from six per game <laughs> to three per game. Uh, Chris Paul's scoring dropped off by like nearly 10 points compared to the first two games. And Mikhail Bridges was a big one because in the first two games, he was averaging almost 21 points and 14 shots. And then the last four games, he dropped to eight points and five shots a game. So they really phased him out. And he kind of, we've seen Mikael Bridges have those stretches where he kind of just gets lost on, not lost, but he kind of disappears on offense and doesn't make himself known. He was doing that in the first two games. And then in games three through six, he really just kind of disappeared. Um, And Chris Middleton handily won that matchup, which, you know, Middleton's a great player, but. Um, those are the biggest things that I noticed and you got to give credit to the Bucks big three because Giannis was just a Greek God in that series. Drew holiday made some huge plays, some huge steals on the Suns' stars and, and Chris Middleton was just a flamethrower down the stretch. So, you know, th- there are some things that the Suns can clean up some things that went wrong that didn't go wrong for them all season long. Um, but those were the biggest things that jumped out as far as why it fell off so bad games one to two compared to the last four of the series.
0: Look, I'm not obviously not a doctor, but I play one on a podcast every once in a while. And <laughs> to me, a lot of those numbers speak to what was ailing Chris Paul. I mean, mm-hmm. because th- those assist numbers, so much of that offense and and moving the ball starts with Chris Paul. And, and when he's struggling to be able to create and get space like he was uh, due to that injury, I, I feel like that that probably played a big part. Uh, do you feel that same way, Gerald, or am I just uh, overreaching and trying to make excuses for a backdoor sweep in the NBA Finals?
2: No, I, I think it's a big part of it. You know, obviously, you could point to Game Three, Devin Booker shot like three for fourteen, but Game Four, Chris Paul had a really bad game at the worst time, and it's unfortunate they both couldn't have their like worst game of the playoffs in the same game because they kind of split them between those two Milwaukee games there um and it really cost them in the end uh and and you're right like chris paul chris paul was not bad if you look at his numbers for the finals and even for the last four games he was still averaging like 19 points and eight assists but it wasn't the same compared to like 27 and a half points and eight assists in the first two games um and he was shooting off the charts in those first two games putting drew holiday on him really bothered him i think that's a huge part of it but he didn't look 100% and he he committed a couple of turnovers that just looked kind of like he did in the Lakers series when it looked like he was playing with one arm. It just didn't look like he was fully healthy, even though he was still functional and you can't really make an excuse.
0: Yeah, well, and I I believe it was Monty that mentioned that Devin Booker in that game that he shot so poorly was dealing with a hamstring issue as mm-hmm. well. So there seems like there's... There's some additional underlying things but overall they just didn't play Suns basketball that 0.5 offense just wasn't there in those final four games.
2: Yeah, it was it, it was unfortunate to see because you know that that was when they lost game 5 um that that 6-minute stretch where Devin Booker went out they were up by like 12 or something at the end of the first quarter and then Devin Booker went out for that 6-minute stretch and suddenly it was a tie game, you know, that was that was a Chris Paul led unit that kind of let the Bucks climb back into that game. And they missed a lot of shots that were open. Um, but that was ultimately the big one that I keep coming back to as far as how that series slipped away, that six minute stretch where it was just Chris Paul and some bench guys and they couldn't hold a double digit lead. And that was the first time throughout the playoffs that the Suns built a double digit lead and didn't win the game. Um, I think they were 13 and zero before that game. So just, uh, uncharacteristic. It was only the second time they lost three straight all season. And of course, you know, the last four games, that was the only time all year that they lost four games. So of course it happened at the worst possible time.
0: Very sons. Uh, should we send the search party over to Lindsay's house? I'm pretty sure her eyes have glazed over or she's fallen asleep <laughs> at this
1: point. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. No, I just, it's so interesting. There were a couple of times in there, Gerald, where you were listing off those stats and those numbers and my eyes just got really big. Like, wow. I didn't realize it was that drastic of yeah, a difference like, from those first few games to the last few games. Like that's a big difference.
2: Yeah. Like the, the number of three point attempts is a big one. And the whole thing about like, the points off turnovers, second chance points, and fast break points. Like mm-hmm. to lose that battle by a margin of eighty-one over a two-game span is. We <laughs> appreciate
0: it, and thank you, Sundress Dunks, for the uh, for the question. There, uh, we're coming up on what I think is my favorite one because I love the obscure and the ridiculous. Uh, and Odin, Odin Sword on disc <laughs> Sword. I, I'm pretty sure it's sword. But sword. I, <laughs> sword on Discord <laughs> said, uh, "We've all seen daytime commercials like Joe Namath for rever- reverse mortgages, but which past or present son do you think will do one, and what will the product be that they that they uh, they promote?"
1: This is. I feel like you're going to have a good one for this, Espo. Um, I I don't know what the product is, but I'm going to say Tom Chambers. Or Frank Kaminsky for sure. Wow,
0: I think they should do it together.
1: My...
0: <laughs> it's be like an odd couple <laughs> ad with, uh, with them. I'm those sorry, were
2: my I had not
1: feel so the best one.
2: <laughs> no, those were my exact same answers. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> well, because it makes sense, right? I mean, when Tom Chambers decides to hang up his broadcasting hat, he's still going to be involved. So if the Suns have like a partnership or the radio station or whomever, like I wouldn't put it past him to be. Doing some ads for some people locally. And then Frank Kaminsky, like we've already seen them. Espo, you showed us a great one of JCPenney's suits the other day that was hilarious.
0: I, I I could see TC selling like jerky for somebody, you know. Like, oh yeah, like he's a, he's a big woodsy guy. I don't think most people realize that, but I, I I could see something like that. Frank, he's all over the board. I could see I I could see him doing a dispensary kind of thing, or you know, there's all sorts of things that I think Frank could uh could do. Maybe even eyeglasses. They could bring back the uh, <laughs> uh the the eye the. Fingers on the eyes like he did mm-hmm. on the bench and stuff. I but feel from- like
1: Frank could be like a good four locos. <laughs> <laughs> are those still a thing?
0: Just locos. <laughs> so I have, think it, they yeah, are. A
1: new product. Yeah. No, yeah. I could see... Frank Frank could do
0: so many things, and I think it would be hilarious. And I'm surprised I'm surprised it hasn't happened more uh, on a local level already. I I think if the Suns go on another run, we saw all sorts of guys from those seven seconds or less days and the the Barkley era uh, get get advertising deals and get love and and wind up in in broadcasting because they uh, because they spent time. On those teams, I think Frank could ride uh, ride this wave to great post career success and advertising success. Uh, for for me, it's Robert Ori for one eight hundred hip replacement, oh, <laughs> right? Oh, it, because the the man had to viciously use his hips uh, in in negative ways for the suns so he's gonna probably have to uh, get a hip replacement at some point and why not make some money off of that it's sweet sweet advertising dollars <laughs> and robert Orry's is <laughs> enough of a dick where he'd try to make money off of hurting steve nash and the sun's uh, the sun's chances uh, the other one he could sell towels if you remember him and danny ainge there was uh, him throwing the towel in danny ainge's face uh, as well there's a lot of uh, opportunity for robert ory to uh to promote products that would just uh, make us all angry so
1: but i'm like but I, I feel like from an advertiser's perspective they'd be like yeah we don't want that guy because literally everyone hates him
0: well, if you're trying to sell in L.A. or San Antonio or even Houston, you're going to make money, and those are, uh, you know, two of the three are actually major markets. So maybe, maybe it works. I don't know. I mean, they put yeah. them on. They put them on ESPN, and most of us dis- disdain him. So I mean, maybe, maybe he'll get some ad ad deals as well. As you can tell, Robert Ori will never be a guest on this show. All right, that's, <laughs> that's what this segment could have been called, unless uh, he comes
1: on to like just completely apologize.
0: Yeah, that's never. That's gonna it. Happen, All it is but... is just
1: him apologizing and asking for our forgiveness. Yeah, hey,
0: you could. You could also have John Paxson, uh do one eight hundred daggers. I mean, he also, you know, stuck it to the Suns in the finals. I, as Saul said, I'm in a mood this week and I don't quite know <clears throat> why. Maybe it's because I'm <laughs> sitting in the floor in a closet sweating to death right now, but that, uh, uh that is, uh, yeah, I, I went negative on those, but there, <laughs> there are so many, uh, there were so many people. I was like, Elliot Perry could sell compression socks to old people. Like there, there's all sorts of just random things from Sun's history that, that you could sell products. Uh, if you guys have a, Former son or current son, and a product you think that they should sell, hit us up at phnx underscore sons, hashtag sons products. We want to hear what your ideas are as well, because this show is interactive, especially when it's an audio only. We, we like to hear from you and have you have some fun along with us. Suns Video Breakdown, a, a longtime supporter of uh, of the show. I know we've only had the show for a few weeks, but from the beginning, <laughs> Suns Video Breakdown has been there from the Discord. Uh, he wants to know, which players are you expecting to see the largest jump in improvement slash growth? From last season to this season, and why?
2: I feel like DeAndre Ayton's going to be a popular answer, but I'm actually okay. going with the two wings, Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson. I, I feel like both could be poised for breakout years, and and Bridges in particular, um, just based off of what we've talked about in the past, as far as his ability to put the ball on the floor and make defenses pay for having to focus on you know Booker and Chris Paul, and then Ayton diving to the rim. He can really capitalize on that, and he showed pretty impressive growth in this regard. Last year, his three point shot came around and and he was a 40% shooter from three. I really do think this could be his breakout year where he becomes known as one of the best two way players in the game. Um, you know, maybe not a 20 points per game score, but you know, somewhere in the 16 or 17 point range, I don't think is out of the question for him.
1: Yeah, I'm with you right there, Gerald. I I like that one a lot. Um, and I think, you know, like you said, there's a lot of obvious players to choose from. I don't know that I'm expecting this, but I'm hopeful to see more improvement from cam Payne, because obviously, mm. you know, he did a really good job last year backing up CP three, but with, we've talked about this a little bit with Chris Paul's age, you kind of want to be able to sit him a little bit more, l- lower his minutes and yeah. we need cam Cameron Payne to be able to come in and, no issues there whatsoever, be able to take charge in the way that Chris Paul does. And, you know, like you said, not have those minutes where the Suns have a double lead and all of a sudden that bench comes in and then you lose something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I would like, I would like to see some good improvement from Cameron Payne just to solidify him in that role. And and hopefully maybe if the cards all fall in his favor, he could take over for Chris Paul whenever he decides to call it a day.
0: Yeah, I think both of those make a lot of sense. Mikhail obviously has that room to grow offensively. Uh, you know, Cam campaign basically has to prove that he's worth the contract uh, that he just signed and, and really show that he can continue to grow in that backup role. But for me, it's Cam Johnson. Uh, it's simply because I think he has an opportunity to become the starter at power forward and solidify himself there, add a little bit more muscle because I think we saw some growth in that area from year one to year two. But I think if he adds a little bit more, he can play at that position on a regular basis. I love Jay Crowder, but in the long term, it's going to have to be Cam that steps up and does that. And I think this year is where he takes the reins there he's going to continue to prove himself to be more than just a three-point scorer on the offensive end defensively he's going to continue to show uh, that he knows where to be and and how to how to stop guys at at that position even when they're slightly bigger than him so i I think that's a growth area for me is really cam johnson stepping up and taking uh, taking that starting power forward
2: rule yeah. yeah, and I mean, I, I think um I think that's a good pick as well. He was kind of my second pick, um, and it will be interesting to see how that situation with him and Jay Crowder plays out. Because last year, um, there was that stretch at the beginning where the Suns starting lineup was so bad that Monty had to switch it up and and tried plugging Cam Johnson into that spot. Um, and Jay Crowder's shooting fell off, and the Suns starting lineup really wasn't that great with him there either. So they switched it back. Um, but it'll be interesting, like, you know, if Jay Crowder starts the season off cold and Cam is really just gunning off the bench, does Monty consider making a change? Um, because we've seen Jay Crowder just doesn't play as well off the bench. So that'll be an interesting dynamic and and not to plug another podcast, but like, um, I actually talked with, uh, Mike and Sam of the timeline pod in depth about Cam Johnson for their, um, internal development series that they're doing for their podcast um so if you guys listening are interested in hearing more about that go check them out we had a very nerdy conversation <laughs> about all these different things um but yeah espo to your point cam johnson is is another really good pick for that reason hold on you
0: you left our ecosystem <laughs> to go talk
2: internal development
0: with uh, I see how it is.
1: Hey. We, love, we love
0: the timeline. We, love, we the love the timeline,
1: timeline podcast. No, they, They're great they, guys. They are.
0: They're great guys. And I love anybody that, that puts in as much effort as those guys do uh, out of pure passion and love for the team. That's what makes this whole team. This whole being a sports fan worthwhile is the passion that guy it's like that show when it comes to the team. So you're always welcome to go on, on any other podcast, Gerald. I'm just <laughs>
2: giving you a hard time.
0: Saul may yes. tell you differently, but you have my blessing. So,
2: yes. And I'm sure we'll have them on at some point in time. Cause like you said, they are very prepared and I appreciate that about them. They, they do their homework for sure. So, Definitely.
0: Yeah. And so talking, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Linda. I,
1: well, no, you go ahead. I want to be last.
0: Well, I was going to transition into draft. Okay, well, but, okay, so we my can, we can then I'll, the I'll go real quick. Year.
1: I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, overall, there's quite a few players on this team that you expect to see growth and improvement from, because they're in that kind of unique stage where they're not old, but they're not young. You know, they're in that mm-hmm. uh, they're middle aged. I'm calling them 20, <laughs> 23 well, to 26-year-olds. I'm calling them middle-aged. <laughs> um, so I think that's a reason to be really excited because there is so much potential. And coming off of what we did last year, what they did last year, I think it's just something that you should absolutely be excited about. But what I, what I wanted to tell you, Espo, is um, I took one of those free bets that I got from DraftKings and I put a futures bet for DeAndre and to be the most improved player this upcoming season, because for one, it's free money Two, if Mm. it happens, let's freaking go. And three, (laughs) it pays out like $1,100. Yeah. Oh, snap. Yeah.
0: And if you love growth and development for your wallet, you can do what Lindsay (laughs) did. And head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. You can sign up, use that code P-H-N-X, and bet $1 on any football game this weekend. You're going to get $150 in free bets that you can place on anything. I've bet live on cricket on this show. Go uh, Calcutta Knight Riders. Uh, you know, Lindsay's <laughs> talking about the futures bet that she just placed in terms of DeAndre Ayton being the most improved player in the league. There is literally Anything and everything you can think of. I was looking at uh, at the app earlier today, and there's there's table tennis. There was basketball leagues I didn't know existed that you could gamble on uh, live in game uh, from other countries. Like you can go you can go weird places if you so choose, and you can do it all with that DraftKings app. Use that code PHNX to get that promotion one dollar on any. Uh, NFL game this weekend or football game in general and then you can get 150 in free bets they also have a great same game parlay uh, deal going on that allow you to combine multiple bets for a bigger payout this weekend this week if you place a same game parlay on any NFL game you will be credited up to 25 dollars if your bet loses. So it basically, uh, you have insurance on your bet there. So if you bet up to 25 bucks and you lose, they're going to pay it right back to you. Uh, And those parlays in-game are a lot of fun. Uh, It's 21 and over, Arizona-only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details.
1: Yes. Please don't forget to follow us on social media, PHNX underscore sports, and make sure you subscribe and um, turn on notifications so you can always know when we have a new episode up or when a new live show is available so you can come hang out with us. Again, that's PHNX underscore sports. That's on Twitter, um, Instagram, and Facebook, and then PHNX underscore suns is for us specifically. So come hang out with us. Come join us. And if you're ready to take that jump and become a member, we'd love to have you. Just head on over to gophnx.com. And if you sign up as a member, you can get a free T-shirt as well. And we've got new T-shirts in our locker. So if you want to check those out, it's phnxlocker.com. So come hang out with us. Rate, review, subscribe, all the things you know, we appreciate the support every single day. All right. Um, Espo?
0: I was just going to say, uh, you also, right now, if you become a member, you can get $5 off any college shirt, too, which we got a couple uh, ASU and U of A shirts that are pretty nice in that locker. So that's the members only deal of the week that you get. And then you get great things like uh, these mailbags. When you join our discord, you're going to get the uh, opportunity to ask us questions. And uh, that's a mixed bag, but you get to do it anyways.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. I forgot about the deal of the week. If you're a member, there's a deal of the week every single week. So you're going to be able to get something really cool for yourself if you become a member. So that's a huge added bonus.
0: Yeah. So continuing with our mailbag theme, we're going to play a game here. It's called junk mail. You have to decide if the question I ask you guys is real or fake. And then we're going to answer it anyways. But I want to, want to know, do you think this question is real or fake? The Suns win total over under is currently 51 according to DraftKings. To me, it's comically low and one of the easiest bets in history. Do you agree? Is this
1: junk mail or real mail, guys? Well, I put that bet down too. (laughs) I was making all the bets last night. I was like, why not? It's free money. It's not mine. Let's just spend it all.
2: Lindsay's going to go from not knowing anything about betting to being the most avid better in the office. It's going to be great. I can't wait for this transformation.
1: Espo is so in, he's like, Oh, let me bet on this. Let me bet on that. And I'm like, Espo, you should call the number. And now I'm concerned now that I'm in it, that I'm going to be the one who has to call the number. Just because I'm looking, just
0: because I'm sitting there looking at cricket, it doesn't mean anything. It just meant I was looking for something obscure because I'm weird like that. And it mm-hmm. won. So,
2: yeah, it was fun. Hey, betting on table tennis and cricket, totally normal. Just not, no problems here. It's, no, it's a totally no, normal no, no, no. thing to do.
1: I'm going to say this is kind of like a 50 50 real fake because I know people have to be talking about this.
2: Yeah. Right? I, I, like,
1: I, like, people have to be like, yes, this is one of the easiest bets in history.
2: Yeah. I, I feel like it's a real question, but I feel like you made it up for sure. <laughs>
1: So so you guys are voting junk mail but it could
0: have been asked. Is that the Yes. Okay. You're wrong. It's real mail. It was actually oh, one it. of uh, one of the tweets to us, but uh, I, I'm looking at this and and I agree uh, with this 51 and a half does seem comically low when you when you look at it and when you consider you know they were on pace to win 58 i believe last year if it had been an actual uh, 82 game se- season rather than the 72 game season that it was I-, I just don't see where the major backslide is with this team and we talked about how open the west is on yesterday's episode uh, on on when or tuesday's episode i'm losing track of days again uh, on tuesday's episode we talked about that i just don't see where the backslide is for this team where where they wouldn't be on pace to at least win 52 games
1: yeah i'm with yeah. you and especially with the development that we just talked about too like we have a middle-aged team why would they go backwards they're obviously going to go forward
2: right it, I, they,
1: would, I think it would shock everybody if this team slid backwards
2: yeah, it, it does feel like a little bit of disrespect. It also kind of feels like maybe they're expecting Chris Paul to not be as healthy as he has been the last two seasons, which I don't know. Maybe, you know, if he's out for 20 games, maybe that impacts it. But he's been he's only missed four regular season games over the last two years combined. So I I, I have a hard time seeing how a team that won 51 games last year in a 72 game season is suddenly gonna not hit that same mark. Or definitely surpass it, and with ten extra games on their side.
0: You know what interests me, and and from what I've understood, uh, is the way that these odds are set is that you want to try to get them perfectly where you're getting money on both sides of the bet, right? Like that on mm-hmm. both sides of the line. And to me, this number may be exactly that because you've got the doubters nationally that are going, this team probably a mirage, right? and they're mm-hmm. probably going i'm going to go under it just seems like that's likely and then you got people in phoenix and that have watched uh, the suns closely last year and they go there's no way this is a fluke it's it, you know it's it, there's no way it's got to be on the other side uh, of this so maybe that maybe they've hit the sweet spot with uh, with that over under and it just depends on on your perspective in terms of how you view this suns team
1: I'm not totally sure if I understand that correctly, but basically what you're saying is they're low key trolling everyone who's not paying attention to the suns. Is that what I'm understanding? Uh,
0: Well, in part, but I, because
1: if that's the case, I'm on board.
0: (laughs) What I understand is, you know, it's when they set a line, they want money to fall on both sides of it. They don't want, they don't want it ever to be where it's like so obvious that all the money's going one way or, or the other, right? They want it pretty evenly split when he said a line so to me it, it just seems like they've found that spot where people like us are going this is insane of course it's it's <laughs> over and then national people or you know people that uh, only kind of casually pay attention to what's going on here and thought oh the suns were a fun story last year but not not the real deal oh yeah they're going to be under this year uh, that with that 51 and a half so I think they've probably done their job perfectly with this. Now, I think a lot of people that, that know the Suns are going to win some money on that, but I, I can see why the the doubters would be putting the money on the under there. Next junk mail question, uh, is this real or is it fake? Listen to the show the other day. What in the world was Saul thinking? Kyrie for CP3 seems like a great way to close the championship window.
2: That feels real. No offense to Saul,
0: but I don't I, no, all I feel of like that might be Saul real. because
1: he's not here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lindsay, junk mail or real mail?
1: I'm going to go junk mail your trolling Saul.
0: Oh, Lindsay's already got this game in the bag. That's oh, exactly.
1: Yeah, right? yo. I think we all kind of felt like I'm not
0: quite sure what <laughs> Saul was thinking with that. We don't have to go into it. We went into a pretty heavy uh, on the episode, but thought I'd throw that in there. And then that was fun. last junk mail or real mail. Who in the world is chasing and Randall? And should I even bother getting to know him? Is it real or uh, real mail or junk mail?
2: That feels like fake mail. I think you're just giving me an opportunity to plug the Chase and Randall article that I wrote this morning.
1: (laughs) No, I think it's a real question. Oh, maybe Lindsay doesn't have
0: this game on lock. Gerald's Gerald's 100% right. Ever the marketer, I decided to open a window (laughs) where you could actually plug what you wrote on gophnx.com and give us a little insight into who the hell is Chase and Randall. You're going to tell me that
1: somebody didn't ask that question, at least on Twitter, (laughs) if not specifically to us. You're going to tell me nobody asked that question today.
0: I didn't say nobody asked it. I said nobody asked it specifically to us for the mailbag. (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm pretty sure there were people in the organization that asked the same question today because (laughs) Jason Randall is not exactly a household name.
2: This is like that meme where it's like no one and then Gerald. Here's (laughs) all I know about Jason Randall. (laughs) 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 <laughs> That's basically what this article is. Um, it's I wanted to do something a little bit more fun with it because, you know, obviously we're not going to dive into the weeds of Chasen Randall. But I wanted to do just a frequently asked questions, stuff on his background so you could get to know him a little bit better. Like how tall he is, where he went to college, how to pronounce his name. It is Chasen. We've all been saying it right. So good job, everybody. Um, but yeah, just going through his career. He's played for five different NBA teams. Um, he's played in the G League. He's played in the League. He's won a Euroleague championship and a G League championship. Um, and he was most recently on the Orlando Magic. He's a six foot two point guard. He used to play shooting guard, but um, he made the switch in college. And that's kind of his best position because he's a little undersized. Um, he's an okay three point shooter. He's got kind of a weird like catapult shot where he, it feels like he's loading it up and then he launches it and he like launches his body forward on his shot. Um, it's, it's very much a training camp addition. I don't see him making the roster unless there's some injury to the backcourt that we don't know about yet. So, you know, again, another guy that has plenty of experience around the league fitting in with James Jones's team building strategy. He hasn't really stuck with any team, but, um, again, just another body for training camp. It feels like
0: so so alfred payton insurance in case he comes back with that hair that blocks (laughs) the view so we're calling jason randall
2: (laughs) yes i think that's fair
0: It, it makes me wonder in part is chris paul not going to start training camp maybe is he not fully recovered from the surgery so you need a Another body at point guard to just run stuff during camp. Pure speculation, no okay, inside information. But
1: can we say that speculation? Um, I don't know if we'll get Flex in trouble for this, but just it's just speculation. He did say there was something we weren't going to be super stoked on heading into training camp, but it's mm-hmm. not a huge deal. So maybe right. you're maybe you're spot on there, Espo.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I have no. I didn't talk to Flex after. About anything uh, th- that he said in that. I'm just guessing, you know, when you see. Uh, see a guy with some experience. It, it seems like the kind of body that can just help you run, uh, run plays, and get that work in uh, during during camp. So you got to wonder if that that might be it. All right, that is it for junk mail. We'll bring it back next time and uh, troll other people that aren't here if they don't <laughs> show up. Uh, we promise that. A couple more to go in the mailbag before we wrap it up uh, on Twitter at B underscore Gonzo. Wanted to know who, if anyone, on the team needs to improve their defense and what particular way do they need to improve it?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like there it's just like minor improvements across the board, right? Cause I feel like this was, I think they were the fifth or the sixth ranked defense last year. So, you know, things like Devin Booker continuing to improve because he was legitimately, you know, at least league average on that end. If he can take a step further into like good, or even lockdown territory over the next few years, that would be huge. And I feel like with DeAndre Ayton, maybe blocking a few more shots would be good. You know, we he has the size. He's a great rim deterrent. We all know that he made huge steps on that end last year. But if he can block a few more shots every now and then and put that seven-foot frame of his to use, that's going to be huge for the defense. So just minor things. I, I really don't think there are any like glaring weaknesses on this team's defense anymore.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think like individual defenders, like the team is pretty strong right now. And it, like you said, minor improvements can only benefit us, but nothing crazy stands out. I would just say maybe continue to work on that communication when there is a breakdown and helping each other more. You know, it seems like Monty is a huge team defense guy. And I think it's, it's a culture thing, right? Like if the whole team is bought in, everyone's going to move forward. So you mm-hmm. just got to keep that up.
0: Yeah. yeah. I think the one person that you could say needs to improve... Defense and I think it would be on all fronts. Is Frank and that's not you know <laughs> you're 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 nitpicking at that point. I just I felt bad for him when he got thrown out there uh, in the finals and it was like hey pick your poison uh, you, Bobby Portis Giannis you know whoever you're just you're not going to stop him. So his best defense is being able to hit threes on the other end of the court. But overall this team uh, and the defense defensive mindset. I mean even from Devin Booker you look at at how well. Uh, His defensive side of the game has improved; has been uh, fantastic. I just I don't look at anybody on on this roster and think they they are a glaring hole defensively until you get towards that back end. So I'm not overly concerned when it comes to defense. I mean that that doesn't seem to be something that will be an Achilles' heel uh, for this team going into uh, into the year. So final question and. It is a simple one from uh, another friend of the program, somebody who's been uh, a follower of mine for a while, from at Suns Make Me Drink on Twitter, <laughs> which uh, <laughs> last year was celebratory for most of the year. So that's good, at least. Uh, he mm-hmm. wants to know, is it weird? I like the white sunburst over the black. It's weird, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It's weird. Yes. Yeah. No, it's very, it's very weird. I, I, if you said the purple over the black, I'd go, okay, that's not that weird. I can, No, I can live with that take though. When you go, <laughs> give me the worst of the three. I'd like to, I'd like to rank that over. What is a usually universally the favorite of the three. That's problematic to me. Right. So as much as I love you, man,
1: uh, I, yeah, you, Seek help, all right?
0: <laughs> <Be> your basic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're basic. I mean,
0: listen,
1: <laughs> whatever jersey you want to own and purchase for yourself, like more power to you, get the one that you like. But, you know, publicly just claim it's the black one. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Just lie so so you don't yeah. get shamed on a podcast when you ask the
1: question. <laughs> it's hey, still on. a great jersey, though. So, I mean, realistically, you can't go wrong. Um well, I mean, yes, you can, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's still a great jersey. It's not like he's like, give me that orange circle or oval thing that was on my draft lineup, my seat draft lineup. It's not like he picked that one over the black sunburst.
0: That's true, but he still picked the, the, the worst of the three over the black sunburst. So that, that that's problematic. If you never want to want to be left in the, in the cold, though, if you always want to be, uh, you know, right where the people are, DraftKings app. Use that code PHNX when you sign up for it. Get $150 instantly uh, in bets when you bet $1 on any football game this weekend. It is just that easy. So that is our mailbag edition of the show. As always, appreciate you, the listeners, participating, hop in that Discord if you're a member. Ask those questions all the time. We'll hop in there and answer them, even when it's not a mailbag show. Follow us on Twitter at phnx underscore sons, and you can interact with us there as well. We're going to try to do these uh, at least once a month, and maybe more if we're too lazy to come up with topics to talk about. Uh, you guys get to play producer on the show. So she is Lindsay Smith. You can follow her at Lindsay Smith. A.Z., don't forget, she is award-winning, so be kind when you're, when you're dealing with her. Yes, All be right? kind
1: anyway, even if I wasn't. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is just,
1: just be kind. It
0: should be a general rule on the Internet. It is not one that people are following, but it should be a general rule. So. So even in the Discord, be kind and don't ask dumb questions. Uh, you know, it should be it should be part of the rule. You don't have to be kind to him, but uh, I would like it if you would be. He's at Gerald Bourget on Twitter. Gerald, thanks for uh, providing the stat backup to the opinions that are Lindsay and I. So.
2: Absolutely. And ELE, everybody love everybody. Just a good rule of thumb. It is a good rule of thumb.
1: Oh, look at us ending this show on a positive note after (laughs) yesterday's. Look,
0: Saul isn't here, and I'm in a much better mood, I guess. I don't know. No, it was the hug that Saul gave me that fixed everything. It was. If if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to Tuesday's episode or watch it even better. Uh, Saul and I hug. So you will see that. (laughs) I am at ESPO. I don't care what you do to me online because you've done it all to me before anyways uh but if you do have that hot dog sponsorship do slide into the dms if you don't get that you didn't listen to the beginning of the podcast so so for gerald and Lindsay, i'm aspo ahoy hoy and we'll talk to you tomorrow